In my opinion, technology is not impressive unless it solves a critical business issue. And so your job as the selling company is to use the demo to connect the two. You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. We'll feature sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Presented by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Audible Ready Podcast. I'm Rachel Klepp-Miller. Last week, we talked about leveraging the technical mind, bringing that technical expertise into your sales conversations. Today, we are going to get a little bit more specific and talk about conducting great demos. John Kaplan is here to talk about that art of the demo. The art of the demo, yeah. When you have a great product, why not show it, right? So hopefully today we'll talk about and, and explain why timing is everything. Yeah, so if you found this podcast and you haven't listened to last week, stop here, go back, listen to last week's, and then come uh, listen to, to this one. So when we talk about a, a, a demo, a major part of doing a great demo is to make sure you're doing it at the right time. So many companies push for it too early. I've even been the recipient of email sequences and phone calls where they just say, well, let us just show you your demo. Uh, they push for it too early. And if you do, it really puts you in that features and functions sale instead of that coveted value conversation. Yeah, I, you know, I really saw this firsthand at PTC and on my first customer demo. So, so I wasn't an engineer, so we were selling engineering and manufacturing solutions designed through manufacturing solutions. So I wasn't an engineer. I had never sold software before. So you can just kind of picture the environment. And on my first customer demo, I saw the CEO of a manufacturing company. He was in the room for the demo and his jaw dropped to the floor. And I remember thinking, so I was excited because here's the, you know, the economic buyer is in the room and he was very excited about what he was seeing, but it really hit me a different way. I thought to myself, but, but what if he hadn't been in here? And what about all the other stuff that has to be in place for us to win? And this is why, you know, at PTC, we committed ourselves to a process that led to a high probability of us winning. You know, unfortunately, today, I still hear many companies tell their sellers, show the product, show the product, show the product. So I think we got to, I think we got to dig in here on this one. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of software, softwares that you look at platforms and you look at and your jaw does drop. You think, wow, that's so cool. Oh, that would be awesome. But if I don't have a problem that I can get budget for, or if I don't have a problem that's big enough for me to allocate money for, it's just a gee whiz and not a solution to my problem. So we always say, right, you have to do some discovery to find out that the problems that you're trying to, to solve. So you can align the demo to what's important to the customer. So let's say I, I've got those components, right? We talked about in the last call, the required capabilities, the positive business outcomes. We know about the important things that are important to the buyer. How do I transfer that knowledge to the people demonstrating the software if I'm not doing it myself, if I'm bringing in engineers or technical experts? How do I make sure I'm transferring that knowledge effectively so the demo goes in a way that moves the deal forward? Yeah, I mean, 
in my opinion, technology is not impressive unless it solves a critical business issue. And so your job as the selling company is to use the demo to connect the two. And then also to remember, it's also the job of the buyer. And when I thought about this over the years, when I really learned that is the same challenge that I have of, you know, attaching technical capabilities to business capabilities is the exact same challenge that the buyer has. In fact, in technical situations, I know we, we don't only sell to software companies that, um, you know, deal with IT or what have you, but I'm just going to give you just a quick example. I don't want to leave anybody out, but I'll just give you a quick example, like CTOs, CIOs, and their biggest challenges over the last 10 years, what has shown up in surveys, at least in the top three every year, is always align IT with the business. And so once I remembered that my job of attaching what I do for a living to the biggest business issues facing the customer is the exact same problem and challenge that my buyer has, that my the companies that I sell to have. So my job is to bring it together. And I do that by using a common language and building a story around positive business outcomes, required capabilities and metrics. And when done properly, the demo tells the story of how those three come together. Yeah, and that's part of the pre-call planning that you're doing, the call prep that you want to do with everybody who's going to be speaking on behalf of your company to this customer. Yeah, I mean, you talk about pre-call planning. So, you know, how many of you right now are going to give a demo to a customer? And so I want you to just write down the customer right now and ask yourself, What's the biggest business issue facing this customer? Go ahead, write it down. What's the biggest business issue facing this customer? Do I understand anything that I'm going to show them in this demo today, tomorrow, whenever it is? Do I understand how what I'm showing them attaches to that critical business issue, makes it easier for them to achieve that critical business issue? That's like topic number one. And topic number two is, is it going to be crystal clear to the customer how what I'm showing them is highly differentiated from my competition? Will they clearly understand that what we do is better for them, how we do it is better for them, and specifically how we do it and how it's better for them? If not, what are you pre-call planning? Where is this pre-call? And, and then the third one is, will anybody be in the room that will be impressed by this story of the intersection between the technical world and the business world? Will anybody be in the room with authority that could connect the two with urgency and funding? And if I'm waking up in the morning, those are the questions I'm asking. And if I can't answer them successfully, why am I doing the demo. Yeah, it's a good question to ask. So um, following up that one point that you brought up, how do I as a salesperson ensure that I have the right people at the prospect company in that demo conversation? How do I ensure I've got the right people there to see it? Yeah, well, again, if you're doing it right, you know, it's the intersection of where the technical world meets the business world and both those voices uh, voices should be present. 
if not in person, like I have a lot of people saying to me, John, you know, the economic buyer, I can't get the economic buyer, you know, into the demo or what have you. I think a lot of that has to do with how you've positioned, I'm doing air quotes here, the demo. So, so I'll come back to that later. I don't want to, you know, people fight me on that. The economic buyer now has to be in the demo that'll elongate my sales cycle. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that argument right now, although I have some great arguments around it, <laughs> but I want to make sure that then that, that you are the advocate for the party that's not in attendance and your story about positive business outcomes, requirements, and, you know, require capabilities and metrics is what will always connect the two. So regardless of who's in the room, their voice, their position still has to be in the room or in the Zoom or whatever it is we're dealing with as we're doing these demos. And you have to be the advocate. You have to force your customer to connect the two worlds. You have to force yourself and your, your team that's gonna be doing the demo to connect the two worlds, to practice the story, to stand in the moment of time. When the economic buyer hears the story, what will they say? When the technical buyers hear this story, what will they say and what will they think? Will it be highly differentiated? And will there be a strong connection between those two worlds? Some people might be thinking of this and saying, God, you know, my company's just telling me, show the demo, show the demo, show the demo. Well, it's our experience that, you know, your time is valuable. Your customer's time is valuable. If you're not doing these, these things that we're talking about, you could be not only wasting your time, but the customer's time. And once you show up in that category of like you're a waste of the customer's time, it's really hard to recover from that. Yeah. And it, on that point, you're, we're talking about of getting everybody aligned on the, on the business issues. Some of those people in the demo may not have been part of your initial discovery if you've done great discovery. So, you know, before you launch into pressing go on the demo level setting prior to your running into those features and functions on the PBOs, required capabilities, metrics, uh, before scenario, after scenario is critically important. That's such a good point, Rachel, is that, you know, as a seller, you're out talking to a number of different constituents. You're asking a number of discovery questions. You're putting the story together. And it's one of the reasons why it's a mandate at Force Management. I'm sure some of our customers listening, they're going to, they know about the what we heard slide from Force Management because we show it over and over and over again. And so it's just a concept that, you know, we call what we heard. So it's a playback of what you heard from the customer. So these are the positive business outcomes. These are the required capabilities, and these are the metrics. It does a couple of things. It proves that you understand the customer, which is incredibly important for relevance and confidence and conviction, and that you have the basic understanding and you've taken the time to understand our business. It's, it's the data screams of that. Most people do not believe that sellers understand their business. The second thing that it does is it proves that you listen to them. I love to show this at the beginning of conversation because it also allows you to get new insights if anything has changed. And so we do it at the beginning of every call. We call it what we heard conversation. And I'm also looking for things like new things that 
companies want to talk about are new things that are discovered because a lot of times you're going to start to get a lot of information about, well, where did that new requirement come from? Did it come from a competitor? Did it come from a competitor's champion who therefore could be your enemy? It's just a great place to start with the what we heard concept. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with sending that in advance of the call to get people level set b- before the demo, which always helps if you know you're, you get short on time or people on, are late. And that goes to the point that you often make, John, of sending setting an agenda in advance. Great to do when you have a demo scheduled as well. Yeah, I don't I don't know why people don't do it. I mean, the the answers I get are a little alarming. The majority of the answers I get is the number one reason why people don't send agendas is because they don't want the customer to cancel the meeting. And we just cannot live in that world. You cannot live there. If what you do is not credible, if what you do doesn't matter, then go find something else to do. But if what you do matters, and then your time matters, their time matters, I always send an agenda beforehand. Because again, what I want them to know is I want them to be fired up about what we're going to do. It's got purpose. Uh, It's got next steps of our sales process. There's a reason why we're taking this time. And also, like I said, I love to give them the opportunity to ask if anything has changed because as great sellers do, they are intellectually curious about any changes, what changed, why did it change? And if you have required capabilities that change, they change for a reason. And many times required capabilities that are changing are that the it's a it's a it's a great insight to something is changing inside of your customer's buying process somebody's with power and influence has changed those required capabilities they just don't change on their own so i'm always keen to understand if nothing's changed great let's keep going but if something has changed let's dig in yeah we just recorded a podcast with frank Azzolino, who's on our team and he Um, Dropped a lot of gems in that conversation. If you guys have listened to it, you know that. But one of the things he said is always be discovering. Discovering doesn't stop once you align on those initial PBOs required capabilities. I love that. That's a hashtag. I I know. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, also going back to your point about sending the, the agenda, sending kind of those mantra components, PBOs required capabilities and metrics in advance. I mean, why would you miss an opportunity to remind the people you're talking to of the PBOs that you can help them drive? It also sets the bar, right? It's like, we're coming here to talk about how what you're doing for a living, Mr. Mrs. Customer is critically important to the business success of your company. We're coming here to talk about challenges. So we're gonna talk about positive business outcomes, required capabilities, and then how you're going to measure those required capabilities. I mean, you're gonna, you're setting the bar for everybody else when your competitor shows up and says, hey, let's do a demo. Stop me when you see something you like. Like there'll be such a disparity between how you sell, which is sometimes just as important as what you sell. That's so true. You know, I just did um, a testimonial interview with Fred Hale out of uh, Plex, and he told a story of um, when they got in front of the executive team, the one of the important decision makers came up to them after and had said how Plex had rose above other competitors just from that one conversation, because of the way they approached the conversation and your demo is an opportunity to approach the conversation in a different way than your competitors, to your point. Absolutely. 
But then also, you know, the demo is not going to do anything for you if you don't push to the what's next to push to a, yes. a next step. And this has to be part of the internal preparation you're doing with your team as well. Well, I'm going to use this as my bottom line and my wrap up, Rachel. I, um, the most elite companies have a sales process that properly positions the demo. So you don't do it too soon. You don't do it too late. It always has critical actions that lead up to it. So for example, why would you do a demo if you did not have the required capabilities established and influence to show and to showcase your differentiation? It, it can't be stop me if you see something you like. And if you demo capabilities that are outside of what people think they need, then you're going to make yourself too expensive. So you have to make the demo meaningful, tie it to the business outcomes and get commitments. This is what you're asking for me about is like the next step. Get commitments from economic buyers for successful completion. If I go to an economic buyer and say, here's what we heard. These are the positive business outcomes that you told me are hugely important for you. Yes, they are. And here's what your team, your technical team has come up with to ensure that if you can do these technical capabilities, you now have the ability to achieve these positive business outcomes. And here's how they're going to measure success. Well, John, that's outstanding. That's just outstanding information. I agree with all that. So Mr. And Mrs. Economic Buyer, we are going to enter into a demonstration phase where we want to demonstrate and validate our critical capabilities as they relate to your technical requirements. We want to show how highly differentiated they are, which means it's that, that we can do it better than anybody else in the marketplace. And we want to prove to you that we can do this story. What I'm asking for you, Mr. and Mrs. Economic Buyer, and then what the most appropriate next step is. I love for that demo to be far enough in the sales process that I'd like an order after, after demonstrating the positive business outcomes require capabilities and metrics. But I know there's a lot of different situations. There's big accounts where you have multiple technical buyers. My point is this, don't do any stop me when you see something you like demonstrations. Be purposeful, have a purpose and a next step with power and influence and authority that moves your campaign forward. That's the best advice and the best bottom line I can give you. We'll leave it there. How to properly position the demo. Thank you, John, for your uh, insight today. My pleasure. All right. And thank you to all of you for listening to the Audible Ready podcast. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com. You've been listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. To not miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Until next time.